And he told them many things in parables, saying, Listen. Again, at the end of the parable, Jesus says, Let anyone with ears listen. In the omitted verses from today's gospel reading, the disciples ask Jesus why he teaches in parables. Then the lectionary reading picks up again with Jesus shifting from saying, Listen, to explaining the parable with the word hear. Hear then the parable of the sower. A highly regarded definition of a parable comes from New Testament scholar and theologian C.H. Dodd. He said, a parable is a metaphor or simile drawn from nature or common life, arresting the hearer by its vividness or strangeness and leaving the mind in sufficient doubt of its application to tease it into active thought. Did you get all that? (laughs) Try that again. A parable is a metaphor or simile drawn from nature or common life, arresting the hearer by its vividness or strangeness, and leaving the mind in sufficient doubt of its application so as to tease it into active thought. Jesus is trying to explain why the gospel grows among some people and not others. He is describing the necessary conditions for fruitful discipleship. But even the explanation he offers teases the mind into active thought. Everything in this parable has multiple meanings or interpretations. If a parable is a sort of thought experiment, then playing with it and seeing it from different angles helps reveal the truths it is teaching. On the surface, Jesus is the sower And the seed is the gospel, the good news, the word of God. The sower is also the disciples, because Jesus is sending them out into ministry to sow the word. Preaching is a sowing of the word. All Christians are called to proclaim the good news of God in Christ. So each of you are also sowers. Church is not just about receiving seeds, but being empowered to plant them. So how are you a sower? How do you plant the seed of God's love by word or example, or action. In other words, what is your ministry? I don't just mean here at the church, but in the world. Your vocation might be your ministry, or your volunteer work, or your way of being 
in the world. How are you a sower? What is your ministry? If you're not sure what the answer to that question is, you now have your homework for the week. I encourage you to consider those questions. Some commentators refer to this gospel as the parable of the four soils. The parable describes four different responses to the word of God, which determine if the seed will bear fruit or not. It seems to, des- to describe four different types of people. As a parish priest, I certainly encounter these four types. People for whom the message does, does not connect for whatever reason or who are perpetually seeking, never really listening or hearing. People who come to church only in moments of crisis and disappear when the crisis does. Or people who disappear when there is a crisis because they feel they have been abandoned by God. The cares of the world and the lure of wealth is obviously prominent in a community like ours. One writer said that the thorns represent trying to buy the security that only God can give. It is the vain hope that wealth will yield life. And of course, there are those who yield fruit, whose faith inspires us. Now, while there is some truth to these typologies, seeing them as unchanging truths does not yield fruit. There is a certain arrogance if we assume that we, all of us gathered here in church, are the good soil and others are hard, rocky, or thorny. None of us are a fixed type of soil. The truth is that we all have each of the different soils within us. If I am really honest, I can see myself in each part of this parable. What is the hard path in your life? The rocky soil, the thorns, the good soil. Where do you not understand or turn away when trouble arises or become consumed by the cares of the world? And where do you bear fruit? As people with free will, we choose how we respond to the seed. The seed of discipleship that is in us will grow or die depending on what we nurture, on what kind of soil we choose to cultivate within ourselves. 
The spiritual life is the process of turning our hard, rocky, thorny soil into good soil. But it is not an easy process. It takes a lot of compost to make good soil. And you really have to work on your own garbage to make good compost. In good soil, life blossoms, even amidst challenges. The most significant part of the parable is what it teaches us about God and grace. In first century Palestine, farmers would scatter the seed first and then plow the soil. So the seed was sowed and scattered indiscriminately. This is what we see in the ministry of Jesus. The good news is proclaimed indiscriminately. Those who deemed themselves righteous as being good soil were constantly criticizing Jesus for preaching to and eating with outcasts and sinners. Jesus did not prejudge the soil as rocky or thorny or good and then only sow the seed of the word in what appeared to be good soil. Jesus sowed everywhere with abundance and hope and love, knowing that some seed would not take root and yield but also that what might appear to be lost will be found to truly be good soil that will yield. This is God's grace. There is always hope and transformation. What might not appear worthy ends up bearing abundant fruit. Think of how often in your own life someone completely unexpected has been a source of grace for you. For myself, it is often someone I perceive as being lesser soil than myself who ends up showing me my own true rocky, thorny self. This is a reminder not to judge lest we be judged. In Jesus' day, a yield of seven and a half fold was the average yield from sowing seeds. A yield of tenfold was exceptional. So when Jesus starts speaking of bearing fruit in good soil that yields a hundredfold, or sixty, or even thirty, Those are miraculous numbers. As one commenter put it, a yield of a hundredfold is a buy a villa on the Sea of Galilee and retire yield. Of course, Jesus is speaking of the yield of the word of God sown in good soil. 
A yield like this is a vision of the kingdom of God, of pure, abundant love. That is why such a great crowd gathered around him, so that he had to preach from a boat. Jesus feeding the multitudes with the fruit of the word of salvation and everlasting life. The implication is clear. When we bear the fruit of the word, we give life to others. May we go forth as sowers of the word of God. May we cultivate in ourselves good soil. May we bear the fruit that testifies to God's grace and abundance. We are the body of Christ. May our yield give life to the world.